As you're being seated, if you will find your Bible, open it up or turn it on. We're going to be in Luke chapter 15 today, verses 8 through 10. How many of you have ever lost something that was of great value to you? I was talking to my wife, Stacy, and I was asking her this question and said, okay, can you remember a time where you lost something that was of value to you? And she, she remembered this time when we were living in Austin, right after we got married. We'd been married about a year, and she lost her wedding ring. And so, you know, we're newlyweds, so that wedding ring is, is pretty special there. You know, I guess it's always special, but it's really special early on. So she comes down, she comes down the stairs of the church, and she's just in a frantic. She's like, I've lost my ring. Nobody move. And so, like, the entire church started trying to help her find her her wedding ring and after this frantic search all around the church finally somebody found it in the trash can now it wasn't there because i had made her mad okay just 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 telling you that but she had washed her hands and she was drying them with the paper towel and it just fell off her hands and fell into the trash can and i remember just how excited the the amazing joy that was on her face whenever she found her her wedding ring. Well, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells three parables. We're calling this section of Luke Reconnected because in each of these parables, you have something that was lost. You have a lost sheep. Today, we're going to look at the parable of the lost coin. Next week, we'll look at the parable of the lost son. And then after something is lost... There is the season of searching, this season when real life just hits people and it's very difficult and they're going through a difficult time. And then in the parables, there is a moment when that which was lost is found. And whenever they find the lost item, there is music, there is a party, there's a celebration, they bring their friends, they light the trees, they sing songs, they drink apple cider, they celebrate, they have Old Town Christmas. And the party doesn't even stop there, because in the parables, after the earthly event occurs, the scriptures say there's also rejoicing, there is a party in heaven when one person who was lost, is found. I was telling my daughter McKenna, my daughter McKenna was saved. She became a Christian about a month ago, and she was baptized. And whenever she got saved, I told her, you know what, McKenna? They had a party in heaven for you. And you know what? When you, if you're a believer in Christ, whenever you placed your faith in Christ, they were celebrating. They had a party in heaven. Now, for some in this room, it was a surprise party, okay, uh, because you're kind of, you, you can testify that there was a time in your life where you were a long, long way from God, but you were not beyond the reach of grace, and God found you, and you moved from lost to found, and today you worship with zeal, you worship with joy, because you have been found alive in Christ. Well, look at our passage beginning in verse 8. Jesus says, Or what woman who has ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? 
And when she finds it, she calls her women friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me because I have lost, I have found the silver coin I lost. So we have here in this parable a young bride. And she and her husband, they are just getting married. They are just starting life together. Most of you in this room, you can remember those early days of your marriage whenever you were living on ramen noodles for lunch and dinner, living on ramen noodles and love. Amen. Yeah. Well, in ancient Jewish society, rather than a wedding ring, a bride would often receive a headband, and on that headband there would be ten silver coins. Now, we are not entirely sure that Jesus was referencing a bridal headband in this parable, but there's a lot of parallels, and so I'm just going to kind of go with that idea that these ten silver coins were part of a bridal headband. And if that were the case, losing one of those coins would be very similar to whenever my wife Stacy lost her wedding ring. It would have some monetary value, but beyond any monetary value that it held, it would have a great deal of sentimental value. It would be a terrible, terrible loss. Now, to make matters worse, it appears that she lost it at night. Now, this was before electricity. This was before metal detectors. Her house was probably windowless. She likely had a dirt floor. And so if you were to lose a small silver coin in the darkness on a dirt floor, what are the odds that you are going to be able to find that coin? And so her heart is broken. So she does what any of us do when your heart is broken. She gets on Facebook and she posts a prayer request to her life group. And she says to her life group, Would you please pray for me because I have lost one of the silver coins from my wedding band and my heart is breaking about this. And then she she goes and she gets one of her oil lamps and that oil was very, very special to her, but so too was that lost coin. And so she lights the lamp and she begins to carefully sweep the house and she begins to carefully look for that lost coin and whenever she finds it she is so excited she is so filled with happiness and she posts again and she says to all of her friends rejoice with me because I have found my silver coin and immediately people start liking it and liking it and liking it and before you know it people are actually coming to her home and they are celebrating together because Every woman in Palestine could rejoice with her because they could understand her pain and they celebrated with her when that which was lost had been found. You know, Christmas is supposed to be the happiest time of year because at Christmas we celebrate the moment when God intervened into our scene so that we may be redeemed. 
It's the moment when Jesus literally divided time in half so that we now look at life as time as before Christ and after Christ. He took on flesh. He began his earthly mission of redemption. Yet here's the reality. Despite the meaning, despite the parties, despite the nice gifts, the happy songs, the great food. Can I get an amen on Christmas food? Despite the great food, the bright lights, many people feel lost at Christmas time. We just feel lost at Christmas time. Now, sometimes we just get lost in the busyness. Anybody just get really lost in the busyness of Christmas? Yeah, I came across a, a sign this week that really struck me. I think we have a picture of it here. Let's see if we can find it. There it is. Simplify Christmas, celebrate Christ. And I, was, I was actually going out of the doctor's office with my one-year-old son. He's okay, by the way. And, and I saw that sign, and I thought, how cool is that? Simplify Christmas, just celebrate Christ. In fact, that's the theme here in our church during the Christmas season this year is simply Christmas. The staff and I were talking about Christmas services and we kind of looked back at previous years and one of the things that we discussed was sometimes we just tried to do too much. There were so many moving parts and so many different things that we're trying to do and ultimately what we're hoping is that we celebrate Christmas, celebrate its meaning. Connect with people. One of the great joys of being a part of a church at Christmas time is we celebrate what this means with people that are in our community. We celebrate the simple meaning of Christmas. That's why Christmas Eve services we're calling Simply Christmas. And we encourage you to be here and bring somebody with you. And what are we going to do on Christmas Eve? Well, we're going to sing the songs. We're going to hear the story of Christmas. We're going to make memories. We'll have opportunities for you and your family to take pictures around the Christmas tree and around the campus and just make memories and enjoy those times. And our hope is that you will leave here having felt the joy of Christmas. Whenever we think about our Christmas carnival that we're doing this weekend, Old Town Christmas, you know, it's not a production. It's not a show. We don't have... 10 million lights and, uh, you know, a live uh, reindeer flying through the sky. We don't have any of that kind of stuff. It's just a, a Christmas carnival out, out in the field. People in our community coming together, enjoying time together in the simple spirit of Christmas. Singing the songs, hearing the story, making the memories, feeling the joy. Sometimes we just need to simplify this season. I would venture to guess for a lot of us in the room, this is the busiest time of year. You rolled in here today tired because it's such a busy time of year. Let me give you some practical suggestions to enjoy the Christmas season. You ready? Number one, focus on your faith. Focus on your faith during this season of Advent. The Advent season means that we are waiting, and it reminds us of how we waited for Christ's birth. And so during the Christmas season, take extra time to 
pray. Take extra time to read your Bible. Be generous in your giving. Be generous in giving to God. We so often think about how we're going to give this gift or that gift, but how about taking time to ask, how can I be generous in giving to God and giving to the ministries of my church and the ministries of missions? Sing the songs of Jesus. I'm not against Frosty or Rudolph or any of those cool Christmas songs. I mean, they're fine, but sometimes we just need to remember that Christmas is about the birth of Christ, and we need to intentionally sing the Jesus Christmas carols and remember those lyrics and take them in and try to understand what is this song saying because it conveys to me the meaning of Christmas. A second thing, make a budget that you can afford and stick to it. Don't let the spending of Christmas get out of control. There are people spending billions of dollars to get you to spend billions. Well, you don't have billions of dollars, but to get you to spend a lot of money. You know what? The greatest Christmas gifts are not the things that you give, but the memories that you share. I like that. I'm going to say that again. The greatest Christmas gifts are not the things that you give, but the memories that you share. Okay? You don't have to break the bank. Make a budget. Give. But also make sure that you don't let the Christmas spending get out of control so that you spend the next three months trying to recover from it. That's just not wise stewardship. Give the gift and focus on giving the gifts of memories. Man, we, we, uh, at the Old Town Christmas, I'm, I'm watching the games, and so we, we got this idea. Tiny has all these stuffed snowballs, and we got this idea to put snowballs all over the place. And it was really just supposed to be kind of decor, but then we started having impromptu snowball fights. And it got raucous last night because it wasn't just the kids, it was the adults throwing snowballs. And, and on Friday night, Betty Westbrook, who attended this church for years and years before she had to move away, but uh, she... I'm not going to tell you how old she is, but she's old enough to have a great-grandchild. So she's here with her great-grandson, and I'm, I'm watching her, and they just start having a snowball fight. And Betty's, like, throwing snowballs, and they're going back and forth. And I'm watching this all night. It's nothing fancy. It's just throwing stuffed snowballs at one another. But the smiles on people's faces, the joy in their soul as they just spend time together and make memories with each other. We get this idea that it, you know, two million night lights are not enough. It's got to be 10 million lights. And if that's not enough, it's got to be 20 million lights. And I can't just drive five miles to see it. I've got to go like 500 miles. It's kind of the Griswold Christmas, if you know. And it just has to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the real joy is going to be found in the memories. Make sure you give the gift of memories to one another. It doesn't have to be perfect to be fun. Relax a bit. It'll be okay. Nobody says, my favorite Christmas memory is how uptight my mom gets every Christmas. Nobody says that. Dear mom, thank you so much for giving me the gift of being uptight all the time at Christmas. No, nobody says that. It's okay to just relax a little bit and understand it doesn't have to be perfect. And it's okay to say no. You don't have to do everything and try everything. And It's okay to say no. In fact, let's practice saying that word no. I'm going to say a statement, and then you guys as a congregation practice saying the word no. Today, I would like to preach for an hour. 
wow, it's amazing how good you guys are at saying no. Number five, practical way to simplify Christmas, attend Simply Christmas services at 8.30, 9.45, 11 o'clock, and 11 o'clock. We'd love to see you here and bring a friend. Okay. Sometimes we feel lost in life. Because we begin the year and we have these resolutions and we have these plans and we kind of have this vision of what's the year going to be like and then we get to the end of the year and we're like, how did I get here? This isn't what I planned. You know what? The Bible is full of people who got lost in life. I think of Moses. You know, Moses was raised by the Pharaoh's daughter. He was raised as a prince of Egypt, yet he was Hebrew, and he tried to lead a revolution, and he began to, he tried to start the revolution by killing one of the Egyptian men, and he thought all the Hebrew people would then follow him. Instead, they told him, basically, you need to get out of here, and so Moses leaves his people, and he spends 40 years on the backside of a mountain watching his father-in-law's sheep. Now, I know you love your father-in-law, but do you really want to work for him for 40 years? And here's Moses, this man that was raised as a prince, and he's a lowly shepherd. How many times do you think he sat out there watching these sheep, thinking to himself, how did I get here? I just feel lost in life. I think of Ruth, this young woman with her entire life before her, and she enters into a marriage only to have her husband die when she's a young woman. And then she goes with her her mother-in-law, and she leaves her people and leaves everything that she knows to begin a new life. And as she began that new life, can't you imagine how lost she must have felt? How did I get here? Or Esther, the beautiful queen queen of Persia who, who discovered that her people were on the verge of genocide and she was the only person who could save them. Can you imagine how she must have felt? She was just trying to live her life and to enjoy the blessings that she had. And now she suddenly steps foot in this incredible moment in Jewish history. Or how about Mary and Joseph, this young, simple, small-town girl uh, who finds herself chosen by God to give birth to the Son of God. And when she begins telling people she is misunderstood and, and Joseph even threatens to divorce her and then he comes to her and says hey I know that you're nine months pregnant but Caesar has said we've got to go and and we have a census and tax to pay and so she has to go on a donkey ride whenever she is great with child any of you ladies that have ever been pregnant is that something you would enjoy yeah so here she is on the donkey ride and she goes into labor how did I get here this doesn't feel good. This isn't what I envisioned. I, I envisioned the birth. I had a birth plan, and this is not the birth plan that I had. You know, there was nothing in the birth plan that said that I was going to wind up in a stable and lying my, lay my baby in a feeding trough. I know manger sounds better, but it's a feeding trough. That's what I'm going to lay my baby in. That wasn't her plan. Don't you imagine that she felt lost in life? In each of these stories, we have people that were lost in life. They, they, they they never knew, they never expected to get there, but God knew exactly where they were. And in each of these stories, in His time, in His way, God found them. God found them. 
And God brought new meaning to their lives. And God brought new opportunities into their lives. And God did stuff with their lives that went beyond anything they could possibly imagine. And so if you feel lost in life today, I want you to know this. God knows exactly where you are. Sometimes we write the script for our life and it doesn't, it doesn't go exactly the way that we wrote it. And we're like, how did I get here? God knows exactly where you are. And whenever you continue to follow Him and be faithful to Him, what you begin to discover is that our story is actually His story. And His story is doing some things and using you in ways that go beyond anything that you could possibly imagine. If you feel lost in life today, I want you to know God knows where you are. And He hasn't given up on you. He's still pursuing you. And He still has plans for you. Some of you may feel lost in life today because of a lost loved one. Perhaps over the last year, you've lost somebody that's special to you. Or perhaps every Christmas season, the memory of that loved one kind of begins to swell up within you. And I realize that I can't say anything, I really can't do anything to take away your pain, to take away grief. And I also know that you can't go around the valley of the shadow of death. You have to go through it. Our grief testifies to our love. And we never really get over the death of somebody that we love deeply. We keep on living. Maybe the waves of grief become smaller and further apart, but they still hit you and you grieve. Do you know why we have Christmas trees? Do you know why we use evergreen trees to celebrate Christmas? Now there's some brainiac in here that's going off in your mind about pagan Viking celebrations of winter solstice to remind them that spring is coming. But for the rest of us normal people, okay, the Christmas tree is meant to symbolize life. And that's why it's an evergreen tree, because the, it's always green. It, it symbolizes life. And the story of Jesus is all about life. For God so loved the world that He sent His Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. That's what the story of Jesus is about, that you can move from darkness to light, you can move from death to life, that there is hope beyond this world, there is hope that lasts for all eternity. And so when you see those Christmas trees, I want you to remember that life is eternal. Because of Jesus, life is eternal. And the lights of the Christmas tree should remind us of the light of life, that Jesus is the light that shines into the darkness, and the darkness and injustice of the world could not overcome the brilliance of the light of Christ. One real tangible thing that we're doing at Christmas time at the back of the worship area, there's a Christmas tree that we call our memory tree, and beside it there are some ornaments with cards, and you may want to write a note of remembrance to somebody that has passed away that is dear to you and hang it on that Christmas tree. And it's just a simple way of remembering people that we have lost at Christmas time and honoring, honoring their memory. Because of Jesus, the end of life here is the beginning of life in heaven. And my friends, I really want to continue instilling this within you, that one of the greatest aspects of our Christian faith 
is hope. Not just hope for a better tomorrow, for more money, or for something, but hope that lasts for all eternity. The story of Jesus is a story of life, and it connects today with eternity. Because of Jesus, even though we lose our physical life here on earth, that's not the end of the story. We live with Him forever and ever and ever in heaven. And there are people that I have never met that I cannot wait to meet in heaven. I can't wait to meet my grandmother who passed away when my mom was two years of age. At the age of 22 years of age, she passed away. I can't wait to meet her one day in heaven. And I will because I have hope. I can't wait to see Miss Esther, this dear lady that was so... uh, influential in my life during my college and seminary years she passed away at the beginning of this year and I can't wait to see her in heaven and I will because I have hope that goes beyond this life I have the hope of heaven and those loved ones that we have lost along the journey of life when they know Christ we have the hope and the reality that we will see them again in heaven they are not lost they are with Christ forever and ever some of you may feel the loss of sin. You may feel lost in sin this Christmas season. Here's how the parable ends. If you look at verse 10, the Bible says, I tell you, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angel over one sinner who repents. Now that's the same way that the previous parable ended as well. There is joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. Well, what is sin? Well, it's that list of things that you're not supposed to do. You know, sin actually goes much further than just a list. Sin is ultimately uh, an attitude of pride and selfishness that resides within our heart that causes us to turn away from God and turn to our own way. Whenever we sin, we take on the robes of God and we start acting as if we are God and we start living in our own puffed up pride and selfishness. And the Bible says this about sin. It says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you think you're perfect, you've just committed the sin of pride. All of us have sinned. All of us fall short of the glory of God. And the Scriptures talk over and over about our need to turn from our sin to Christ. And the story uh, says that whenever we turn from our sin to Christ, there is rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents, who turns to Christ and is no longer lost in sin, but is alive in Christ. The Christmas story is all about the lost being found by an all-powerful and deeply loving Heavenly Father. In Luke chapter 19, Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save the lost. And you might have a lot of regrets from your past. There's a lot of things that you've done that you shouldn't. There are attitudes that you harbor that you know are wrong. But I want you to know you're not beyond the reach of grace. No one is beyond the reach of grace. The extent of the fall is the extent of the atonement. And Jesus Christ has died for all so that all might be saved. Salvation is available to you. But it begins by turning from your sin to Christ and placing your faith in Him. And when that happens, there's a new beginning and there is rejoicing in heaven. 
This past Thanksgiving, the early part of Thanksgiving week, we were on mission trip and I got to join the team in Orange and then go over to Rockport and join the team there. And one morning, we were sent out to this lady's house by the name of Victoria. Her house had been blown away during Hurricane Harvey. And so the field that her house was built upon was overgrown and she needed some people just to clean up debris that was too heavy for her to pick up and it had to be taken to the street so that the city could come by and get it and remove it and so we were out there cleaning up debris in that field and while we were there uh, I, I had an idea about this parable and I shot a video and I want to show that to you at this time. Hey everybody Pastor Lash here we are in Rockport Texas today and we are cleaning out this field for this woman by the name of Victoria whose house used to be right here before Hurricane Harvey. And one of the things that she asked us to look for were lost coins because she had a coin collection. And it reminded me of the parable of the lost coins where uh, this woman searches frantically for the the coin that has been lost. You know, uh, what are the odds of us finding coins in a field that has grown up like this? Very, very slim. But the scripture talks about how there's rejoicing in heaven whenever one sinner who has been lost repents and returns to God. And the same is true as we think about this field, how God searches for us and God reaches out to us and God celebrates whenever we are found in Christ. And so, you know, there may be some people in your life that it's like, what are the odds that they're ever going to really turn around and and be found uh, renewed in Christ? Or maybe it's in your own life. It's like, what are the odds that God could, could ever love me and change me? Well, there's rejoicing in heaven when one lost coin is found. And even if the odds are great, you cannot go beyond the reach of grace. And so know that God loves you and he is reaching out to you. And I hope that you uh, find yourself renewed uh, in him. And there are angels in heaven celebrating whenever the lost coin is found. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. So what are the odds? You know, this Christmas season, here's, here's one thing I would venture to guess. Some of you are going to be talking to some people that you don't often talk to and I I pray that you have opportunity to have meaningful conversations spiritual conversations there might be somebody that you talk to during this Christmas season that you become the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in their life and you have the opportunity to be there at that moment when the Holy Spirit just really begins to open up their heart and you can share the gospel story and you can see them come to know Christ. There's nothing like being there when someone comes alive in Christ. Last Christmas morning, two men were baptized professing their faith in Christ. and That was the highlight of Christmas for me because I got to be there when two grown men became believers in Christ and they professed their faith publicly on Christmas Day. What an incredible moment. And I think there are some people in your life that you need to have some meaningful conversation with, and you need to be looking for that opportunity to share your faith. You say, well, what are the odds? I don't think... It's not about you and how good you are. It's about what God is doing. And God can do a work in their heart, and He can use you. And so I, I want to encourage you to start praying for those people in your life that you're going to see that God will give you the opportunity to talk to them about more than what's for, what's for lunch to talk to them about meaningful spiritual things. And then there are others in this room that maybe you're the lost coin. 
And today's the day you need to be found. Today's the day you need to turn from sin to Christ. Would you guys be so kind as to bow your head? The band's going to come. If you're here and you say, Lash, I'm the lost coin, I'm the lost sheep, I'm the lost son. Today needs to be my day of salvation. I just want to encourage you right where you are to call out to God. You say, I don't know what to say. What, what do I say? Just call out to God and say, Lord, I want to be found. I've done things that are wrong and I'm turning from those sins and I'm turning to Christ. I pray for salvation. I pray for new beginning. I pray that you might change my life. Lord, help me to be the person that you created me to be. I don't want to be away from you, God, anymore, but I want to be found by you. I want to be right in your presence to be your child. So, Lord, today is my, my day of turning. When I turn from my pride and my selfishness and I turn to you. And I'm placing my faith in Jesus. If this is your moment, your moment of salvation, mark this place in your mind. Right here in this church service, this was your new beginning. This was your moment of salvation. I would love to be a pastor to you. I'll be here at the front. I would encourage you to come see me. I'll pray with you and rejoice with you. I'll be here after the service. I'd love to know that today was the day when you experienced the salvation of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this church that we love and for these people that we love. Lord, I know that in the coming weeks we're going to see some people and have opportunity to have conversations. I pray that we might have spiritual eyes to see you at work and to be a part of the Christmas memory when someone comes alive in Christ. I pray for those individuals that may have walked into this room today feeling lost. I pray that they will leave this room knowing that they are found in Christ. And that because of that, nothing that we experience in the world can take away our joy. So may we leave here with a deep, deep joy that comes from you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we worship. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's sing these songs. Sing it loudly as an offering of praise to your Lord.